It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And with me, as per usual, I bring you Cheddar Talk, Aaron Plottom. Hey, John, what's going on, man? It was the Zenith City. That was the name I was going for, Zenith City. So Duluth was known as the Zenith City back in the 40s. I love bringing everybody Hi, in going? It's, it's partway through a conversation. <laughs> So it's, been, it's been a dull week. Let's just bring the pregame right into the intro of the show. <laughs> yes, we were trying to figure out uh, the nickname for Duluth when it was at its, uh, well, as Zenith uh, at the time. Yeah. You shouldn't you shouldn't point out to everybody the Zenith of your city. And you're like, hey, everybody come on up here. It's downhill from here. Uh, <laughs> well, well, the funny thing is, as good is as that it gets. So, so post-World War II, uh, Duluth was... Uh, one of the wealthiest cities on earth. I mean, of course, you know, you can never compare it to the Vatican or Monaco or anything like that, but Duluth had a lot of money because of the iron boom up on the range and it all came through Duluth. And that's when Gino Pellucci was running his, uh, As his you frozen know. foods business out of downtown. And he was well known. I mean, Merv Griffin was making songs about Duluth, you know, uh, Christmas city and various others. And so Duluth was kind of at an apex at that point. And uh, it was known as the Zenith City. And if you've ever been to the east end of Duluth, you'll know why. There's a lot of uh, giant mansions in the east end of Duluth, uh, up past the lift bridge, uh, going towards uh, two harbors. It's um, it's gorgeous. But uh, as the story goes, as the iron boom ended, um, and so the money ran out of Duluth, there's actually a billboard put on I-35 uh, on the way to the Twin Cities that said, uh, the last one out, please turn off the lights. <laughs> and that is a true story. So, anyways, that's where I lived, and now I live down south. So, there you go, everybody. Let's let's talk about Wisconsin sports. <laughs> that's great. Okay. Well, first off, let's let everybody know that you can follow the show on Twitter, it, which still exists. It's out there, everybody. It's. I mean, we are one of the shining lights. There's still several really good ones out there. You might but, be. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Uh, you can follow the show itself at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me as well. I am at Not So Humble Host. I'll let you know who I am right up front and bring it out here. Uh, Aaron, you're on Twitter. I follow you. You want to tell them how I follow you and how they can follow you? Yeah, you can find me at Cheddar Talk, John, at Cheddar Talk. Um, weird thing, uh, it, it, the purge of followers lately. Did you lose like a good chunk of your followers for no reason? I'm not sure. I haven't checked how many followers I have in a while. I lost I guess, like two hundred. I lost like two hundred of them. Really? And then it just like stabilized. I did Even get a whole was... bunch of new people who wanted to be my friend, and they're like, "We follow me back." Hello, I'm very like, nice, friendly. You, you like seem nice. You want to come meet me? I was like, I do not, and I will not follow <laughs> you. Remember, we used to say hi to Belarus. They're saying hi back now. They are. Yes, yeah. it's fun. So. No, uh, it's, it was weird. Like there's it, a, like a purge, and then it stabilized, and I was gaining people throughout it, and still losing. Anyways, I think your dad uh, mentioned that uh, maybe they were going through and cleaning out all the old accounts that had just been hanging out there. It could be. Active. That makes Which, sense. Which that too. was that was like a quarter of my followers. So 
Yeah, I said the bots were a giant jump after you know recent events. That was a, a gigantic increase in the amount of people who were out there following for me. for a second, for a hot minute there. But yeah, bots love my content. <laughs> and I apologize; it's been hard talking. Um, I, and we're a day late on the podcast this week because Aaron graciously decided to wait with me, um, getting over strep. Uh, so I've been kind of down for the count. Uh, I was saying, uh, hanging around the not-so-humble house here, uh, just trying to find ways to sleep and to find ways to still get nourishment when everything hurts in your throat is a, is a rough time. But we're all back well, it and ready out, to roll. It actually did work out for me because a lot of the times we've done a Tuesday podcast is because it's been after a drill weekend. So it worked <laughs> out well. So I uh, went to bed early last night. So here we are. All right. Well, we'll kick everything off now with the part of the show that we like to call our main event starting things off with the main event all right so the bucks continue to be the best story we've got going at this point um we we've erased actually i mean the packers were never really the best story we had just the one we we were going to talk about but uh there's nothing happening in packers news right now so i mean nothing nothing Nothing. is happening and don't tell me differently I won't care well, until later. Well, but anyhow, no, no, we're not doing it. There's a lot of, Aaron, a lot of Joe, a lot of Joe Barry hate that's oh, going that's around fine. us. Go ahead. But the big thing we have learned so far in the Bucks is basically the magic number for Middleton is right around 20 minutes because he gets darn near exactly 20 minutes. He had 22 against Portland the other day, but it's been 20 pretty steadily. So, I mean, he's not starting the game. But he's playing 22 minutes in these games. Uh, the biggest thing, his shot's not necessarily always there, but he's looked good moving. Uh, I have, in, in the couple games he's been around now, well, several games, couple's the wrong word. In the several games he's been back now, he's been able to move to the hoop uh, very effectively. He's been able to get in, uh, draw attention, get low, uh, and he's been able to make his own shot in and around traffic, which is the biggest part of what I wanted to see out of him. Uh, so I, I'm most happy that he's moving like he is, because yes. that means the other parts will start to come along. Cause I mean, he hasn't been doing a lot of these other things for a while now and they've brought him along well. And the way you said it in the pregame uh, in between our talks of Duluth and um, weird old men wrestling stories here. Uh, we, the, the old Claire old guys is a thing. Um, yeah, exactly. but, uh, in between all those things, you did say the, the best part is that the plan worked. I thought, you I mean, that. yeah, that's, that's exactly it too. Like you question the, the process sometimes, you know, and, you know, especially when you have a superstar like Giannis, who is, um, infinitely f- flexible and durable, like Chris Milton's looked really good. And it's one of those deals too, you know, as, as Packer fans with one of the most knee jerk uh, physical uh, staffs in uh, in foot in football or in all of sports that immediately put people on the bench. And it seems to be that way with all the Wisconsin teams. And it's getting more and more with all teams now too. Like um, we're not going to let this guy overplay, overextend himself. Um, it seemed a little weird. Like what I said before with Giannis too, that Chris Middleton missed, you know, starting in, the first round of the playoffs last year and then couldn't make it work and then kind of came back earlier this season then was gone again and then came back and if if it worked 
and he's actually healthy and he's healed, then good. Like, that's great. And by all accounts so far, it looks like it, it is a go. Like, he has looked good. He's shown flashes of abilities. Last night in the game against Portland, he, uh, him and Giannis had a uh, just a over, like, it's, it was just an over the head. They're both running down the court together. Chris faked to the hoop, went over his head, and threw it up in the air, and Giannis slammed it down. And it was just perfect chemistry. They were step-in-step. It was, it was an alley-oop without being an alley-oop. But, uh, and, you know, uh, good on Coach Bud for limiting the minutes. There was um, on uh, Thursday night's game against the Clippers, it was getting tight down to the end, and it was they, they pulled Chris Middleton, even though, you know, it was like put him back in because to win the game. Bud kept him up because he's keeping him on that minute count because he knows what's real, and that's keeping him alive for the playoffs. And we're not going to make it through the playoffs again without Chris Middleton. And he looks, he's looks he been looking good. He's been looking healthy. Like you said, the the cuts are strong. The knee look, it, it, He looks like himself. And just if he only plays 20 minutes a game for the next, you know, what we're 25 games left in the season-ish, you know, if, if he doesn't step, if he doesn't step up to thirty minutes until ten minute, ten games left in the season, five games left in the season, whatever, just have him ready for the playoffs because this Bucks team is going to be one, two, or three in the East. So get ready for it. Yeah. Um, one of the other things, obviously, still going on is Bobby Portis is still he has the MCL. They're saying at All least right. two weeks, uh, but that was a little bit ago. So we're we're hopefully. Rounding back into maybe next week, we could start talking about him rotating back in some. One of the big things that's really helped with that, actually, is, is Joe Ingles has been a, a very good role player in this position. Not yeah. He's not Bobby Porters, and he's not he's not that tall. No, no he, he's 6'8". He's, he's, he's too old. He's too old at this point to do that, but he's smart and can move it. He's so. He had a couple times, uh, uh, just this, this last one with uh, Portland, where he had a couple really good kind of two-man games going on with Giannis. Just uh, real quick moves, uh, like they understood what was happening, and they, they just, he was he was able to get Giannis to his shot, uh, basically. And he was able to do that from being out at the edge. He was able to, I mean, they got him as a shooting guard, but he's also just, he is taller than most shooting guards. He's not as athletic as a lot of other ones, but he is able to do a lot of those things that make this team kind of work, uh, adding some length at that position. I mean, like having him and then Middleton uh, out there gives you a lot of length that you can work with, which changes the way this defense works, uh, which is and, – and also having Giannis and him and, and, um, and Splash Mountain out there at the same time, when, when, when we didn't have Giannis, when we didn't have Chris, you would notice that uh, we would just have Lopez mostly hanging low, and he was waiting. Like he would not attack out to the uh, free throw line. He was hanging back a lot, and that's because he's the only line back there. Uh, when mm-hmm. you've got Chris able to 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 give help and Giannis able to give help, and even to certain points when they let him play, Bochamp because he's able to get there to that help because he's a very athletic long guy. Uh, that changes how they run the defense and allows them to play more out and press that three-point shot, which has been way more effective recently in terms of their mm-hmm. defensive ability. Uh, they did very well against Portland, playing Portland on the road. Portland, who and they had the stats up during the game even, uh, Portland has the most shots in the NBA, shots per game. 
and they're one of the highest scoring teams. They 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 run on the floor. Uh, I mean, and they they stopped them from getting shots they wanted. There were there was a good stretch where Lillard could drive to the hoop pretty much when he wanted to. But if that's, I mean, he's going to do that to a lot of people. But nothing else was open, which is why he was doing it. And then when they started getting that help and swatting it from behind, mm-hmm. then he's shooting from half court, which he can do, obviously. But yeah, um, um, that by was the way, if, if, if there was if there was a short list of players that I could dream team onto the onto the Bucks somehow. Oh yeah, I think Dame Lillard would be number one, right? Only because he's he's <laughs> he would fit, you know, unlike Kyrie. Unlike Kevin Durant, unlike a couple others, like don't get me wrong, I wouldn't mind having Kevin Durant on the team either. Um, that would be unbelievable. But um, I feel like Damon Lillard would fit the culture of the team better. He seems like he'd be a Bucks. He seems like a Bucks player that doesn't play for the Bucks. You know, yeah, he can play without the ball. Right. That's that's one of the bigger things. Like too many NBA players who are the big stars are used to the, like I have to have the ball to score. Like. Durant needs to have the ball in his hands, which is why him and Kyrie was never going to work. They're mm-hmm. two guys who score by having the ball and making their shot. Whereas Dame can just, he can find his spot, get to a spot. He can beat you off the screen. He can get open and take it quickly. Uh, the same thing that Curry does. Curry doesn't need to have mm-hmm. the ball to kill you. He'll have it right. for a split second before it's out of his hands. There's nothing you can do. Right. Yeah, no, you're if, right. If you, could ima- if you could imagine a front court of him and Drew and then, <laughs> then, uh, uh, Chris, Chris Brooke and Giannis underneath, like, good night. Yeah. It's been fun. And then Bobby coming in off the bench and Grayson Allen backing up the two of them in the front court. Come on. Yeah. That's, I mean, would, that, that's, that's a dream that will never happen. It will never happen. No, of course not. But it would be great if it could. It would be so. really neat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty <laughs> That'd neat. That'd be pretty neat. All right. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. Neat. yeah. It's been nice to see the Bucks winning without having to have Giannis score 50 as well in the last right. week here, which has been great. Um, teams played really well around him. A lot of It hasn't needed one guy to come up and be something huge. It's just Giannis, you know, do your 30-something, and then Holidays gets you 15. You get 15 from Connington somehow, or either Lopez or, or um, Allen gets you at least double digits, and you'll get 20-something from uh, Middleton you know, in his 20 minutes. Right. And you find a way to, to make, you know, 50 points from your two stars plus 30, 40 you know, points from everyone else into something that's very useful pretty easily. And right. so, yeah. Well, and, and, and they're figuring things out, too. And uh, I have two points to make here. If, if you go to at Cheddar Talk, so yeah. I have a video posted by Eric Nem. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's a good Bucks follow. It's a. Uh, it's it's a play that the Bucks have been running, um, where it, it's a, basically a pick and roll play that isolates a single defender to have to either deal with Giannis cutting to the hoop, or if they don't, uh, Pat Connington and or um, Chris Middleton coming off a pick and roll. It, it's 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 a brilliant play, and it's you know, and Grayson buries himself in the bottom right corner. So basically, either Pat Connington slash Chris Middleton have a straight run to the hoop, or it's a single pass Giannis coming in from the left-hand side, one-handed jam. Um, take a look. It's pretty brilliant. It's what you can do when you have a seven foot dude who can take off from 20 feet away from the hoop It's basically it. Like yeah. without Giannis, this play doesn't work without him. Prime Anthony Davis, um, uh, prime Blake Griffin, prime LeBron James is who could take off from a mile away and jam yeah. it down. Like that's that's they're taking advantage of having that freakish ability. 
And then uh, also, too, speaking of freakish ability, we have to mention that uh, Brooke Lopez hit the 15K um, scoring yeah. mark this uh, the other night, too. Yeah. Which 15,000 points in the NBA is nothing to bat an eye at. That's, no. I mean, we're all sitting here looking at, G- at uh, LeBron about to hit uh, 38 something to pass Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Believe me, I, that, that's the only thing that's on ESPN right now. Oh, but um, turn on the TV in a while. We're, we're watching we're watching <laughs> the third to worst team in the uh, in the in the West playing every night just to watch that. But uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that team's so bad. Uh, it's just the, the, the Lakers are so bad well, they shouldn't be on TV. They shouldn't be. They on should TV. be. You know very soon because they'll be playing the Bucks, and I just want to have them on. Uh, <laughs> right, and mostly exactly. it's because the Bucks should be on TV. Uh, but that right, is the exactly. next step in this not little... On, not on... Oh, oh! did you hear that Bally's is failing, by the way, too? I, I have heard that, so that'll be Yeah, Bally's, Bally's has cl- declared bankruptcy because guess what? Making it hard for people to watch games is not a good business <laughs> model. A good business model. You want to make money. Yeah. Hey, we're going to make it exclusive and very hard to get to, and you're going to have to pay a lot of money to see these games. You're like, buddy, and, you ain't HBO. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and also, you're more expensive than HBO. You so. are more expensive than HBO. And even HBO had the wherewithal to go, hmm, we're in the final season of Thrones. Let's put this up for free on Sling just to sucker them in and then see if they still watch afterwards. <laughs> and we did. The whole last season of Thrones was free on Sling. jeez. Oh, because HBO was like, sure, why not? Let's <laughs> let's let's get them in. And guess what? I ended up paying for HBO for no months after that. But anyways, I um, it's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, no. So, but yeah, so uh, um, no. Brooke Lopez, fifteen thousand points. That's a, that's a career. Yeah. That's a career, dude, man. That's I mean, that is solid. That that's enough to get a banner hung in an arena at at, at some point in your career, kind of. I mean, he's going to have his banner hung in uh, Pfizer, right, John? Splash? Splash um, I don't know. You don't almost have to think. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, at this point, you're talking about he's him. As been, like a, he's been a great player here for several years. But at, at any point, he's the third best buck on the team during this right. stretch. So I don't know. But he is he one of the, the top he three guys. He finals because he, he played white Shaq in one game. When yeah. Giannis was hurt, and so, and I mean, and you look at some of the other banners that are hanging up there too. Like Oscar Robinson is a bad example because he's one of the greatest of all he's time. Of all time, yeah. But um, you know, the other guys that are Hall of Famers that were on the Bucks for just short times in the early seventies. But yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know we'll yet. See. We'll see how I it mean, goes. I'll tell you what. The, my favorite part though they, is if they win it this year. If they win it this year and he's on two teams, then that's a slam dunk. That makes like, it a lot easier. I don't. Yeah. Um. But beating the Heat right before they went on this this little three game uh, West Coast stretch was huge for me because the Heat has been kind of a bugaboo for this Bucks team this year. Uh, they've had some troubles with that team, getting them at home and beating them by eight. Uh, I, I think that that was a big win. I, I it, it didn't get a lot of press. It was it's a nice win there. It's a team you should be beating, but the Bucks don't seem to do it. Jimmy Butler always comes out. I mean, he throws thirty two down here and. Tyler Hero likes to come back home and remind us that he exists and uh, is mean to us and hates his his family and uh, his yeah. friends. Uh, <laughs> it put is up a good point, though, and and you know what? It's it's two of the smarter coaches in the NBA, uh, Nick Nurse and Spolstra, really yeah. take it upon themselves to shut down the Bucks. Like, yeah. 
they go out of their way to make sure like, because everybody else knows how you're going to beat them. What I just said, let's find ways to get Giannis to the hoop. You know, we've got this talent, you know, we're going to use it. Mm-hmm. Spolstra and Nick Nurse do a pretty good job of corralling the Bucks, And yeah, it's, it's, it's no surprise that the same thing happens year after year after year after year. So yeah, no, even though the, even though the heat stink this year. Yeah. Yeah. But they've been good against us in the previous games this year. So it's, it's one that was like that. I think kind of sneaky was a big win and then, and it kept the momentum. I mean, they won, was it the last four in, uh, in uh, January. Yeah. uh, Five. Sorry. Cause after the Cleveland game, yeah, uh, Pistons, Nuggets, Pacers, Pelicans, Hornets. All right, so they win five straight. Then they come into February, we're in the, the first three there. Um, they get six and then lose to the Heat. That's going to suck a lot of wind out of your sails heading to that West mm-hmm. Coast stretch. Uh, whereas uh, Nathan Marazan has pointed out uh, Giannis's numbers after after hours, uh, you know, in the late games are particularly high. He does very well in the in the nine o'clock, you know, nine thirty Central Time. You know, the, the freak comes out at night and uh, he does. He's been doing very well. So, I mean, like now he's going to get the Lakers. Uh, well, because when, not... when the when the freak is playing uh, at seven o'clock central time, it's on Bally. When he's playing at nine <laughs> o'clock central, he's on TNT. Yeah. That's yeah. Or yeah. ESPN yeah. or ABC. I don't know. Yeah, he, he's where, where tons of people watch him because he knows and... that with Bally sports, only about 10 or 12 people are watching him. I don't know if that's it. Whitefish but... Bay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the Lakers will be on TNT on the ninth, obviously, and then they'll have the Clippers to f- end that uh, Portland and LA and LA. Uh, so two days in a row, uh, Lakers Clippers back to back there. Let's see, they, I mean, they just got the Clippers here, and that was a tight one, but they'll get them back the out again. Played them really hard, like the Clippers actually showed. Like Paul George and um, Kawhi Leonard actually, they they played like how they were supposed to play. I mean, that Clippers team is dangerous, but you know. That that's one of the things too, like with Kawhi Leonard making the uh, All Star team. It's like, was it Kawhi? Yeah, Kawhi or Paul. Either one. Oh, Both yeah. of them have missed tons of time this year. Yeah, tons, tons, and tons of time. You know, it's like, but this Clippers team is really good if they can get it together. But I mean, <laughs> they they have the talent, so you got to be careful with them. But right, and they were up by twenty. I mean, like it was yeah. seventy five to fifty five uh, in the in the third quarter. Like halfway through the third quarter, basically, the and end of that game, that end of the game was super clunky too, man. Crazy, Holy getting fifty-four points from Giannis to just decide that they weren't going to lose that uh, was was fantastic. I mean, not that he did it all by himself, but mm-hmm. fifty-four points is fifty-four points, and and just yeah. I mean, I, call, I called that on Twitter in the first quarter too, like when he only had twelve. It was like. Uh, I think he's going to drop another 50 burger tonight, too. Yeah. Oh, and, and he good needed Cul- to. Did you see what Culver's did the next day after that 54 point game? Yes. Yeah. And they donated all the diapers to his charities and stuff. And yeah. That's... Well, he called out Chick fil A mm-hmm. for, for not giving him free food after the 50 burger in the finals. So he said, I'm going to go with Culver's instead. And Culver's went, <laughs> All right. Next Losing morning on this. all their signs, 54 free cheeseburgers for you or whoever you want to give them to and $54,000 to your. Or fifty four thousand diapers, diapers yeah. to your, uh, which is more like hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> but uh, to Giannis and his uh, partner's charity in downtown Milwaukee. I yeah. say charity, I say partner, because I have to keep remembering that they're not married. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's 
It was fantastic of them to do because, yeah, like you pointed out, they had nothing from Chick-fil-A. And Culver stepped right up and said, we will absolutely fill this void and we will absolutely donate. Not just give you money, but we will also put money into the charity and, and donate things you need. Uh, so good, good on for Culver's them. And good, good on them. And good on Giannis for knowing where he's at. And please don't try to eat 54 straight butter burgers. That is <laughs> that is not a possibility. Said, I don't said, care who he, he said, is. So, he said something about trying to do that, too, like he eat did. them all. It's like, there's no like, way. Ooh, I, oh, even dear. he can't do that. I no, mean, he no, has limits. Can. He could score 1,000 points. He'll He's not eating 54 butter burgers in a row. No. Uh, but, yeah, good on him for wherewithal for, like, knowing his fans and knowing where he's mm-hmm. at. Like, yeah, he knows Milwaukee, man. He does. So anyway, yeah. so but yeah. So yeah, basically, what the Bucks need in the next game, though, is you know Drew Holiday don't shoot four of fifteen. We can't get six of fourteen from uh, Middleton. I mean, those were the the next two highest scores. I mean, only that two other a, players hit double digits in that game. Uh, <laughs> there were eighteen a, total a, points. That was a game where I was tweeting out because even in the run to the finals a couple of years back, and then last year in the playoffs, God, Drew Holiday has an amazing ability to miss layups at yes. point blank range. Like he yes. will make a move. Some dude will be picking his jock strap off, off the floor and he'll have a clear move to the basket with minimal interference and he will miss the layup. <laughs> and then, and then he'll double so down by shooting a three, just bricking three after three after three. Like, I don't know what it is with him. And I know we talked about it when friend of the show, Pete was on, but like, we were talking about Bryn Forbes, you know, and that, you know, shooters got to shoot at some point. Someone's got to be able to tell Drew, like, hey, dude, you're cold as ice, man. Like, just do the thing where you get 20 assists tonight because you're really <laughs> good at dribbling and really good at passing and really good at defense. Like I, I that was that that was one of those nights again. Like, yeah, where- sometimes he has a half like that, but not a second one. And sometimes he has the whole day like that one, <laughs> the one against the Clippers there. So, yeah, we got Lakers Clippers and then. You know, well, then there are only two more games left, a home and an away game before the All-Star break. And the biggest one is going to be on Valentine's Day when the Bucks have the Celtics coming to town. And I think the Bucks will actually put more into this game than they normally do because it's home and there's only one more game before the All-Star break. You know, they're all going to be off for a week, basically. I mean, someone will be playing in the game, but it's not a rough game and there will be no practices. You know, <laughs> it's like... They're just gonna lay low for a bit, hang out, and you know, eat you know, eat fifty four butter burgers or whatever you do. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that that's one where it could be interesting because we might actually see. Because I think the last time they played the Celtics, the Celtics really cared about it way more than the Bucks did because it was like that Suns one. You know, like when the Suns lost in the finals, they said the next year they're like, we gotta win a million games next year and show everybody how cool we are. And then they lost in the first round of the playoffs as a one seed. And they're like, holy cow, what is this? And I think I there's a high chance that that is this year's Celtics team. It's not a for sure thing, but they're definitely trying to do that. And they really care about every game. And that's a dangerous thing to do in the NBA because you can't. Why? Well, I mean, it's not and that, I mean, I mean, just with their own team, like the 2019 Bucks, you know, second year in yeah. a row that they were number one in the East and they tried to win every single game. And they went into the playoffs just killing everybody. And then the aforementioned Nick Nurse and the Toronto Raptors let them win two and then came back and won four two. And yeah. it was done like that. And it was 
that because the gas tank was on empty, you can only run it at 6,000 RPMs for so long. I mean, they got a lot of younger guys, but still, I mean, that Bucks team that, that wore down was just as young for the most part. And yeah, and and easily as talented. All right. Well, so we've got that lined up. Let's, let's, we can move on and stay in Milwaukee, but move down to, to D one college basketball. Um, There's the two teams that we'll start with Marquette because, you know, Marquette's still the bigger of the it's two the best schools. team in Wisconsin right now. So let's. Uh, yeah. And they had, they had a there. rough day today. So we'll start with the rough news from today though, which is losing at UConn 21 ranked UConn. And this is especially bad because it's right as Marquette gets right into that top 10 and uh, losing to, to this one. And they lost, they lost by 15. I mean, it's 87, 72. Uh, they, they couldn't hit a shot to save their souls today. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Mitchell, Four of eleven, uh, that uh, they shot forty four percent as a team. Uh, Cam Jones, two of six. Prosper, zero of one. He had three uh, free throws in twenty minutes. Uh, Omax Prosper gets you three points. Igodaro gets you another three. Um, yeah, you're not winning that game. You just can't with with those guys getting you six total. Kolick, uh, I mean he he shot fifty percent. Kolick uh, goes seven of 14, 17 points four assists which is okay the assist is more of his game than his shooting uh if you need him to be your leading scorer it's a hard day joplin normally the big spark plug off the bench only gets him four um just having a hard time getting their shots shooting 23 percent from three meanwhile yukon hits 52 percent from three that's an insane number they're shooting 12 of 23 from three uh hawkins hits five of eight uh, Caravan shoots three of four. Uh, four of their five starters are in double digits and a guy off the bench in double digits. That's what Marquette's team stats normally look like. You know, it's like four of your starters, double digits. You got one guy with 12 assists. Well, the, the only problem is it's, it's on the wrong line. It's down with the Yukon Huskies. Um, this is a rough game. The, it's, it's a road game against a, a ranked opponent. I don't put a lot of weight into it because they, I mean, they just came off of beating uh, Villanova and they just came off of beating Butler, which, I mean, neither of the teams ranked this year, but still good games to have and good games to win. You got to keep winning in the the conference. Um, Iguodaro had eight, Prosper had 10 against Butler. So, I mean, like just getting enough to keep going. It was a lower scoring game. I mean, especially for being at home. Uh, only getting 60 points against Butler was slightly concerning. They throw up 72 and lose on the road than against UConn. So that'll be interesting. They'll get a, a an easier game playing Georgetown, who is not good. That team is not good. They're going to need to have uh, some sort of miracle run through the Big East tournament again if they want to get into I mean, that was, what, two years ago, right? Where they, right. they had no business being in the tournament. They win the Big East and somehow get in. Um, that's not going to happen this year either. Um, but then, yeah, they'll have Xavier Creighton, and those are the only two ranked teams left on their schedule. There's only five games left. Uh, so Xavier Creighton and DePaul and Butler to end out the season. Yeah, just kind of stay close. They're half game back of Xavier. They got one game left to play against Xavier, like I said. Um, the Big East is better than the Big Ten this year. They just are. It's terrible. The Big Ten's bad. Uh, I mean, who do we got? Purdue is great. Purdue, Purdue yeah, is no, Purdue. great. This, that was what Purdue, Michigan. I watched the other night by accident. Yeah. Okay. There are three ranked teams in the Big Ten right now. Three. 
there are five, I think, in the the Big East, right? Uh, so it's like Purdue, mm-hmm. Indiana, and Rutgers. And Indiana had to go on a tear recently to get there. I mean, so, it's yeah. it's literally like the old days. Yeah, yeah. Except for Rutgers is here. <laughs> right. Yeah, but but I, but but you know what I mean though. Like back in the back in the old Big East, like it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah that's the big the thing. Big East was Big East was the conference. Yeah, and the biggest. Part, and then it there was a know. hiatus there for about ten years, and the Big Ten got super big, and now all of a sudden, now the Big East is really big, really good again. The Big Ten's always been pretty. I mean, Big Ten, ACC, Big East are always big basketball conferences. The Big 12 always has Kansas and then sometimes Oklahoma. And right now also, you know, TCU and, and K-State are very good this year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just this is a bad year for the Big 10. This is this is terrible. Uh, Iowa is in third place, five and seven uh, against the conference, 15 and eight overall. I don't believe you. That's a wrestling school. Yeah, well, it is also that. Michigan, five and seven, the Big 10, 13 and 10 overall. Uh, Wisconsin, gosh, uh, yeah, the, they've got seven losses, nine overall. They only had two non-conference losses, but I mean, like, this is the season where Wisconsin should be third or fourth in the Big Ten and rolling over these teams, but they just got swept by Northwestern, which, by the way, this is a decent Northwestern team that is going to make a push to being in the tournament. They're seven and five in conference. They are sixteen and seven overall. But you gotta beat Northwestern. They have wanna, a fifth-year senior. I want to say that it, they said that it was the first time that they lost, got swept by Northwestern since like 1986. That seems likely. It's it's 96. Been a, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Boo Bouye is maybe the greatest name in college basketball right now. I, I'd have to do a lot of searching to find one I like better than that. Now that Kofi Coburn is gone, uh, <laughs> but. Definitely right. the best name I've seen in the Big Ten, Boo Bouye. Uh, but him, uh, he he had a good game. Um, I'm trying to think who the other one. I mean, just it's so frustrating to have watched some of this game. Uh, most of it was just they couldn't get anything to fall. Um, Audij uh, had a, a pretty decent game. He was in and out doing a lot of, of you know, I mean, he took 13 shots, put up 11 points. The Badgers only give up 54 you know, like, this is a game they, they should have won. They had the ball towards the end. They had a chance to do something there, and they just can't. The The Badgers shot a remarkably bad game. Uh, they, they could not make make their shots. They did actually in this one. My biggest critique usually is uh, the ball stops. Somebody dribbles around for a while. It's either going to be Chucky or it's going to be Tyler Wall. Uh, those two guys tend to want to take over things. Tyler Wall, when he does it, is fighting somebody under the basket and making a layup. Chucky is shooting a fadeaway three-pointer or a fadeaway super long two that doesn't hit anything. Uh, or it goes in and it's amazing, but a lot of times it doesn't. Uh, and it's just... But the thing is, is that in this game, the ball movement was all right, but they couldn't hit a shot. They, they, were, just, they were just really bad. Wisconsin shot 38% from the field goal. Uh, 39, they were actually better from three. 39.1% from three. Um, yeah, it's just a frustrating thing to watch that they just could not make those. They were also five of 11 on their free throws. It's insane to have thought that five years ago, you could tell me like there's going to be a Badger team. They're going to have some, you know, some guys who've been there for a couple of years. 
you got a seven foot center. You got Tyler Walls, a, a forward who has been around for three years already and has been, you know, an honorable mention Big Ten kind of guy. And a point guard who, as a freshman, was, you know, lighting the world on fire. And they're going to come out and they're going to be unable to shoot free throws. And also, you're going to get one of the best shooters you've seen in the last 10 years in uh, Connor Sejan. And you're going to shoot terribly from the free throw line. And the idea that a Wisconsin team is this bad from the free throw line is just so frustrating uh, and hard to watch. Hey, which who, is why Marquette who, makes you feel happy again, because Marquette is just exciting and fun. And they're putting in balls from wherever they want to, except for when they played Kentucky or uh, UConn last week. UConn. Yeah, who, UConn. Who, hey, who's the, who's the big guy from um, Wisconsin a couple years back that had the 47% uh, Oh, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, he was there for four years. He never did anything because he was a center who was only like 6'10". Um, really neat haircut guy. It, 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 yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And every, everyone thought he was so great. It was, a, yeah, he had trouble shooting free throws. He was a great college player, and that was all he was ever going to be. He was that guy after um, after Kaminsky and them left, and trying to think. I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. I don't know why, but... Yeah, um, we'll think of it 10 seconds after we log off here for today, but that's kind of how it goes, I guess. Yeah, he was hun- He was I'm fun for hunting. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Interrupt me when you get to that in this, this next point. So when we last spoke, we were talking about the Horizon League, and when we spoke of the Horizon League, we were pointing out that Pewy or IUPUI, the Indiana University, Purdue University of Indianapolis, was the worst team in the Horizon League. Uh, they had not won. Uh, that was until they played University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. Now, Milwaukee beats Pewy. UW-Green Bay did not. So then Green Bay dropped to the worst team in the conference, well, Milwaukee was still tied for first in the conference. That is until Green Bay played Milwaukee. Green Bay beats them seven or probably eighty to seventy nine in overtime. Uh, it's an outrageous thing to have happened. So Milwaukee takes a 34-31 lead into half. It's forty to thirty seven second half for Green Bay to make it a seventy one point tie and then they win nine to eight in that overtime period to make it the the 79 to 80 loss for milwaukee the win for green bay their third win of the season their second win in the conference at this point i believe (laughs) it is crazy to look at this so yeah now in the standings uh milwaukee actually drops to second place uh green bay now with two wins in the conference jumps back ahead of iupui uh, but now Youngstown State has passed both Northern Kentucky and Milwaukee into first place in the Horizon League. Hey, everybody. Horizon League ain't getting two teams in the tournament. We may all like how good Milwaukee looks, how fun they've been all year, and uh, and they are a decently good team in that area. If they don't win that Horizon League tournament, they're they're not going. They don't have any they don't have any, you know, signature wins. They lost to St. Thomas. You know, the Tommies, they lost the, the best. Uh, they did beat UC Davis. That's that's nice enough. Uh, they did beat Boston University, and they beat Southeast Missouri State. Those are decent. Uh, they destroyed Cardinal Stritch University. 
uh, what? <laughs> 112 to 38. That's that's a game. Cardinals, Cardinals stretch in their 600 students. Yeah, yeah. They beat the Milwaukee yeah. School of Engineering. Uh, they got thumped by Purdue, which is nice that they had Purdue on their schedule. They got thumped by Iowa State. The best thing they're going for them is like, hey, beat BU and uh, we beat UC Davis. And now, if you don't win this, though, it's going to be a long, long time thinking about that. Biggest problem they're facing so far is it just like um, this game gets down to uh, they have one major scorer who puts in most of their points. And when BJ Freeman is your only scorer, it gets hard. Remember the game against Northern Kentucky? He had 17 free throws. He was 17 of 17 from the uh, free throw line. And that's how he gets into like 20, I think he had 23 in that game or, tw- yeah, 23 points that game. And that's how they won. This one, he puts up 28. Uh, so he shoots 9 of 23. All right? Like, that's unsustainable. Um, his last four games, I mean, against Youngstown State back on January 21st, he shot 60%. All right? And, and so, yeah, he's got 30 points in that game. Since then, his field goal percentage has been 45%, 30%, 22%, and 39%. It's a lot of shots he's taking to get to his 20 points. The one he's shooting 22%, uh, in, it was 10 points. This is that big win we were talking about. This is the IUPUI one here. He's got 10 points, total points. Uh, he's, he's killing it from the free throw line, but shooting 22% from the field. In 22 minutes, he gets 10 points, and that was a... That was a win. Yeah, so I don't know. They got they got some big guys. They got some interesting runners. They just they need to find somebody else who can score so they can also free him up to get better shots. And then maybe he'll have a better shot percentage. But if teams are going to go right at him and he's just going to be a volume shooter and he's going to be Allen Iverson, uh, yeah, it's going to be a rough run down the, down the stretch here because Northern Kentucky, they come at you from a lot of angles. They don't have just one score. They got a they got a bunch of guys who are going to shoot, and they can do that from a different bunch of different angles. None of them are as good as BJ Freeman, but they don't need to be because their second best guy is better than the second leading scorer right now on, on Milwaukee. Because I mean, even in this game against you know Green Bay, who they should have beaten a badly, uh, Browning gets you fifteen, and Pullen, uh, Pullian, pardon me, gets thirteen for you. But then you've got a whole bunch of guys just, you know, I mean, you get Rand getting you three from the forward spot. Um, they're going pretty small. I mean, they've got height on this team, like we talked about, including, you know, Vin Baker's kid. And, you know, he does coach for the Bucks, as obviously we all know. Right, Aaron? Right. As uh, so, we always knew. We always knew that Vin we, Baker nobody was not know that. coach for the bucks we didn't need pete to call us and tell us that we didn't need anybody to tell us that he was yeah because nobody would forget that it's never that'd be crazy so that covers milwaukee and gb in one big swoop there and uh that's a fantastic win for green bay and uh for bo ryan's kid if he's like he's still, this and, and may be his last loss, year and a terrible loss for milwaukee at the same time yeah which might be his last year in you know green bay but yeah it's I mean, the other thing is they did lose the one transfer who is now playing for the Badgers, which he's not getting a ton of time. He should probably get more. I'd rather see him out there at times. And the amount that we rely on having to have um, 
Chucky Hepburn, chuck it up from wherever. But uh, uh, Kamari McGee has been a a really decent player to come in and do that. I mean, he's also a sophomore. Um, I'd like to see more of him doing this here. (laughs) I'm just trying to look here. It's like, Here's the, the positives is um, Stephen Crowell is going to come back. Uh, Jordan Davis is going to come back. I mean, everybody on this team is going to come back. I don't We've got Tyler Wall is, I think, the only – no, I'm sorry. And uh, Jacoby Neath. Those are, I believe, the only seniors on this Badger team right now. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, and by the way, by the way, uh, Ethan, I, I figured we'd get to the rest of basketball before mm-hmm. I told you. It was Ethan Happ. Mm. Uh, career less than 500 yes. free throw shooter by the exactly, way exactly we're, we're right. both we're both guilty on that one because i know him just because of that like he <laughs> uh he 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 lives below the mendoza line so it's yeah that was he was a hack a hack a hap i guess um hack a hap, i mean his 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 uh uh field goal percentage was higher than his free throw percentage which is yeah hard to do well he never shot from much further away than five feet but still, yeah. No, yeah. it's hard to do because nobody's blocking your shot elsewhere. No. <laughs> he was a real hustle guy because he, he had a lot of technique and a lot of talent, but he was not ever going to be in the NBA. You know, he, no. he had a lot of things going his way, but there's a lot of guys who are like, you are good to this point, and you're going to play four years of college basketball because nobody is going to tell you you should stop yeah, do you remember the and hype? go make there, money. There, there was a hype around him, too, like, oh, yeah, he's going to make it to the NBA. It's going to be great. Oh, I don't remember Sam that. Decker is- I just remember, I do remember, I maybe I'm remembering it wrong then, but I remember there was like hype around Ethan Happ. Like there was like just defending him. Like, no, this guy's a generational talent. It's like Sam Decker barely played in the NBA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was good. No, did, do you remember that at all? Like there was like vitriolic, like backing of him. There was like, defensive Hap because people are like, well, he's terrible because he won't go to the NBA. And we're like, yeah, but he's a really good college player. I, yeah. I don't remember a lot of people being. I mean, maybe it was just a, maybe somewhere on Twitter there was maybe a giant was a collection thing, of people yeah. who were super mad that you weren't giving Ethan Hap his due. But I think most people I talked to in circles around the Badgers knew that, like, yeah, he's going to be here for four years. Um, nobody's telling him go be a power forward in the NBA because that's not your future. Um, you should get a degree. You should stay here and get a degree <laughs> uh, and do that for free. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> And, and then do then then do the Sam Decker thing and marry uh, Bob Harlan's granddaughter and be an ambassador for Wisconsin sports. Yeah, and then well he he's still playing somewhere in Russia I think last time uh, maybe he's somewhere else now I can't remember where maybe he's maybe not moved. in Russia anymore. But he was uh, playing in Russia for a while. He, That's fun. Yeah, little skis. He, he I mean he might be playing internationally, but I know that he is ambassador for Wisconsin sports and. Oh, yeah. uh, Mrs. Bob Harlan's granddaughter, and uh, I mean, I, I mean, out of that whole entire, and out of that whole entire team that should have won a national championship or two, like Frank the Tank is the only one who sustained an NBA career, and the Bucks kind of embarrassed him. But sorry, <laughs> sorry, Frank. But I mean, like, he was the only one who really made it. You know, like out out of any of them to yeah. stay in the NBA. As they knew who they so, were and they knew their roles, and they played together yeah. a long time which right. is a great recipe for winning a championship. Just didn't quite happen, but yeah. In college basketball these days, yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap up the other segments that we have here in the last part of our show, the part that we lovingly call our last call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. 
All right, for last call, I have something towards the end. I'm going to save for Aaron, and it's going to blow his mind because I haven't set him up for this. I haven't no, set him no. up for this. He oh, doesn't no. know. No, hold it's on. Coming. I'm not sure. Let me get my mic. We're going to wait for it, though. We're going to get some other things to get through first because no. we're going to start with wrestling. Right. I'm going to have to pay attention. Yeah, Shoot. we're going to we're okay. gonna start with right. wrestling. Yeah. I will give you a cue when it's your time to lose okay. your mind. Uh, Badger wrestling again. I mean, they, they took out Purdue, but it is a it is just a killing field going through the Big Ten. Uh, so they have they have a really rough one. They go to Nebraska. They lose this one, uh, eleven to twenty four. Big one too to point out is, is we know the only reason they lost to Northwestern is they had the uh, injury default, which cost them mm-hmm. six points. Otherwise, they win that because Austin Gomez is the second best wrestler at one forty nine. Well, he's not wrestling against Nebraska, so they lose 7-3 in a, in a decision, but not a major decision, but against an unranked Nebraska wrestler at 149. That's probably a tech fall uh, if we can just have uh, the maybe the best, the second best, the top wrestlers in the country in that spot. And, Other, and, and, that's, and that's one of the problems with wrestling. It's not like a football team or a basketball team where you can have a good backup who's going right. to get some play. Like if, if you have an all American at 149, guess what? You're not yeah. going to have another good 149 because nobody's going to want to come wrestle for your team because they're never going to see the light of day. Right. Uh, the wins for Wisconsin came from the 29th ranked uh, 133 wrestler Taylor Lamont gets a decision two to nothing. Trent Hilger, who is no longer ranked, gets a win at uh, 285, uh, nine to two win. And Dean Hamidi, the seventh ranked wrestler at 165 gets the win and uh, the tech fall 17 to two. Those are the so, only three ones who get wins in Wisconsin at number five ranked Nebraska on the road. So uh, in terms of D three wrestling, lacrosse is now moves up from six to number three in the country right now. So UW lacrosse at number three in the tournament rankings, uh, UW whitewater hanging out at nine, UW Eau Claire at 10, UW Platteville at 13, uh, UW Oshkosh at 19, that's a pretty solid uh, roll through the top 20 for us. Coming in at a fun number 12 is the U.S. Coast Guard Academy because they're not D1. They're not. And you know it, Coast Guard. What? You know it. You're not D1. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry for, 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 for wrestling? Yes, the Coast Guard Academy is the 12th ranked Division Three wrestling program. Where is the Coast Guard Academy? I don't know. Look that up while I go through a bunch okay. of other things here. Okay, um, this is going to be this week's trying. It's going to be right. it's trying. There we go. Uh, WIAC basketball this week. We did have some uh, interesting games. Stout beats Finlandia 92-60. to Whitewater beats Stevens Point 86-66. to River Falls beats Stout 63 to 47. Uh, Oshkosh beats Eau Claire 74 to 63. And the only road team to win on February uh, 1st uh, in the WIAC was UW Lacrosse, who beat up the UW Platteville 82 to 68. And then in the other way, all the road teams won on February 4th, which is Platteville, Oshkosh, and Whitewater, except for, again, Lacrosse wins at home. Uh, 81-58 over Stevens Point. Uh, as I was saying, Platteville beats Stout. Oshkosh beats uh, River Falls by nine. Whitewater beats Eau Claire. Uh, right now, Oshkosh is the 19th ranked team uh, in uh, the country. They're 17-5 overall, 10-1 and in the WIAC. Number two in the WIAC is 30th ranked Lacrosse, who is also 17-5 overall, but 8-3 uh, in the WIAC. 
Whitewater and Platteville round out the top four. So this week, Whitewater will host number 19 Oshkosh, and that will be a big one on the 8th. Eau Claire will then play at Platteville. Uh, that'll be another big one coming in here. But then the big one, the top two teams in WIAC on February 11th, UW Lacrosse will visit UW Zero, and that will be set up for the kind of what's going to end up this season, who's going to end up on top of the WIAC and start getting the automatic bids that can come out of there. Looking over to hockey, uh, the UW men are still not good. Uh, they didn't find anything or figure anything out over the weekend. They played Michigan, number six ranked Michigan, in Michigan, and they lose. They scored over the weekend six goals. Problem is Michigan scored six goals just on Friday, uh, winning six to two. Then they scored another seven goals on Saturday to win seven to four. So just, I mean, getting overpowered by much more talented teams. Uh, the Badgers this year have the same top scoring groups as they did last year. We've mentioned these names. You see uh, De saint uh Brock Caulfield, not, you know, his little brother. Uh, we're seeing uh, Luz Crucius uh, and, and, and those guys. And it's like, yeah, we're just not getting enough play out of this. The Badgers will be in, looks like the Big Ten, playing against Minnesota on the 10th and 11th coming up this weekend. It's not going to be a good one there either. So good luck with that one, everybody. But, yeah, just there's going to be a discussion about Granado at the end of this season because there's a new AD in town, and Greg Gard should think about this too. He doesn't have any any allegiance to any of you. And uh, Paul Chris should be a warning to every single one of those coaches. Just like when Mike Sherman had a new general manager, he was gone very quickly. When uh, Mike McCarthy had a new general manager, he was gone pretty quickly. There's a new AD in town. You need to tell him why you need to be there. Uh, Badger women are ranked number eight. And and, and if you don't answer the question correctly, he's (laughs) going to go replace you with the best candidate possible for your job. And pay them, yeah. And pay them. Yeah. That's what we learned yeah. from the best. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. That's the, the lesson. So if, it's going to be a rough if, ride if, if you Chris, just keep doing if that. If Chris is fireable, the rest of you are fireable. Look out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Badger women's hockey is still number eight. Uh, they came into the weekend number eight and split with St. Cloud on the road. So they lose one nothing on Friday night. Come back Saturday, beat St. Cloud 3-2. to two. Big goals from Jesse Camfer, Caroline Harvey. And then Layla Edwards. We've said several of those names before. Uh, Comfer also had two assists. Harvey had an assist, and Layla Edwards had an assist. Chayla Edwards, which is not a name I've heard before, but is very much like Layla Edwards, uh, she had an assist on Layla's goal, too. So that's that should be fun. Britta Curl also added the other assist in this one. Um, I suppose they're related. <laughs> but, yeah, so they will also be playing Minnesota next week uh, in a conference game in Minnesota. So that will also be a good one. But it's it's a weird season where neither of those teams is ranked number one right now. That's just not how it's working this year. It'll still be a good series. In D3, we'll start with WIAC men's hockey. Uh, UWSP is now ranked number nine, and Eau Claire is ranked number 23. Somehow Stout is ranked 24th. Uh, Right now, well, I'll say this week, uh, we had a couple big games. Superior went into Stout and wins three to nothing and three to one. That's four straight wins for Superior. This is setting up something for you, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Northland came into Stevens Point and split with the Pointers. 
the ninth ranked pointers split with Northland College. Uh, it's technically a two to two tie that lost in overtime that North Northland wins that one. But then the next day, the pointers win six, nothing. Uh, Eau Claire plays at River Falls. They, uh, the Falcons of River Falls win one, nothing. And then four to three with this weekend. Now it sets up where UWSP has 29 points in conference play and UW superior has 28. They are a single point away and guess Who's playing whom this weekend, Aaron? UWSP will be playing in Superior. I have just oh, wow. changed the entire Flottam's family plans for this weekend. Because everybody <laughs> is driving to Superior to go watch the Yellow Jackets attempt to win the regular season WIAC. Technically, if if they split, they will both get buys in the WIAC tournament. And they would move on to the second round as the one and two seeds. Uh, Eau Claire is at 23 points. But somehow Eau Claire is ranked, Stout is ranked, and Superior is ahead of both of them in the conference. So that's where we are. So yeah, Superior uh, Beast it will be at home with the Pointers coming to town. Stout will go play at Eau Claire, and Northland will play at River Falls. And that's the end of the season. We will start the WIAC playoffs right after that. Uh, in terms of the NCHA, we had some games this weekend where Marion played at Finlandia. They win... Uh, five to one, and then four to three in overtime. Minnesota School of Engineering played at St. Norbert. Yeah, they lose five to two, but then they come back and play at home where they lose four to three. So it got better being at home. Lawrence and Concordia of Wisconsin played a home and home series where Concordia wins five to one, and then Lawrence wins five to three. So right now, St. Norbert is third in uh, the NCHA in the men's side. They are 11 4 and one, they have 36 points. They are a single point behind Adrian, uh, who has 37 points right now. Okay, so those they're all clinched into the playoffs. There's there are what, 10 teams, and only eight of them make the the conference championship playoffs. Uh, Saint Norbert could still be the one. Uh, they're going to be playing uh, Adrian this weekend. I mean, this will be the regular season conference championship. Uh, if they split, it'll be Adrian. Saint Norbert needs to either win both or win. And I guess they basically need to win both, I guess, because they're going to have to have both because either way, they're giving points back to Adrian. Uh, so, yeah, Adrian. yeah, I think a win and, a, and an overtime loss might do it, actually, because I think they'd get five and give up three and then it pass. So if they get a regulation win and an overtime loss, St. Norbert could be the regular season champion. Um, school Minnesota or pardon me, Milwaukee School of Engineering, um, Marion and I've already clinched Concordia and Lawrence will be playing this weekend with Lawrence playing at Trine and Concordia playing at Finlandia, Finlandia, the worst school in the conference for hockey men's in the hockey, country in no. men's hockey. Uh, the they both have 12 points. They're both tied for that eight spot. So Concordia or Lawrence, only one of them is getting in. Uh, and the <laughs> Concordia has the upper hand of tiebreaker currently, and also not playing Trine, who is ten and six in conference and the fourth ranked team right now. Uh, women's hockey, so there's two weeks left. There's uh, UWSP beats Northland seven nothing, then five nothing. Uh, Gustavus and River Falls, who are Gustavus, the number two ranked team in the country. River Falls, the number one ranked team. River Falls wins two to one. They now have every first place vote and remain the number one t- ranked team in the country. Uh, and then River Falls plays Superior. Aaron, 
Aaron, don't listen. Don't listen, Aaron. Okay. 12, oh my God. 12 to 1. 12 to 1 win. River Falls over Superior. Not so oh. superior anymore. Oh, I was gonna... uh, in oh, women's uh, NCHA, it is uh, St. Norbert is the 13th ranked team in the country. Adrian is the 5th ranked team. The funny point is, is that St. Norbert is seven points ahead of Adrian in the conference, uh, is undefeated in the conference, I guess. Uh, didn't have never lost in regulation in the conference and has already clinched the one seed at this point. Uh, this week they will be playing Trine. Or no, I'm sorry. This week they did play Trine. Uh, win six to one and nine to two. They will be going on by in the next week, so they won't play again. Aurora and Marion will uh, played. Uh, Aurora crushed Marion both times. Concordia got beat up by number six, then number six, now number five. Adrian uh, seven nothing five to one. And uh, Lake Forest beat Lawrence, which doesn't help because Lawrence is at the very bottom of this list of teams still trying to make just, you know, the opportunity to go lose to St. Norbert in the first round of the NCHA playoffs. In terms of track, I just wanted to make one quick point. There were uh, split up the team for a couple races here this week. Uh, Lawrence Johnson uh, ran a 6.660 meter at the New Mexico Collegiate Classic. And uh, Colin Enns ran a 47.24 personal record in the 400-meter dash. At the Red Hawk Invitational, Andrew Stone, which is a great name for a shot putter, uh, threw 60 feet, one and one-quarter inch. (laughs) I think he placed first in that one. Uh, Destiny Hooven at the New Mexico Collegiate Classic for women uh, placed third in the 60-meter hurdle, setting a personal record 8.08. The 60-meter dash, Kylie Robbins set a Wisconsin record, 7.29. I believe, actually, Destiny Hoovens is not just a personal record, but she broke her own school record. At the Red Hawk Invitational, Olivia Roberts uh, wins the weight throw. They call it weight throw indoors, usually. Or She throws 68 uh, feet, 5 and a quarter inches. So there we go. That's, that's the things I have. Aaron, tell us about the Coast Guard Academy. Okay, so here here's the deal, John. I did a little bit of research. Uh, this is going to be a little bit lengthy because Jeez. it got intense in the background. So it's in New London, Connecticut, and it is the smallest of the five U.S. service academies. Well, yeah. It, it sits on oh, – and it's tiny, too. Um, it, uh, it sits on 100, uh, 150 – er, really, how much water acres. is it on? <laughs> oh no you if you look at it it's, it's beautiful like yeah, it does look their cool. baseball football fields are right on the ocean like it sits right down there on the like coast. all the way out onto the ocean they're just like you're playing on water no no just right next to it the land that where the ocean ends meaning that it'll be underwater in about five years john all right. um, yeah so uh new london connecticut uh semper paratus they are known as the bears they're blue and orange at NCAA Division Three. They have a, an enrollment of about uh, uh, 1,500, which makes them just a little bit bigger than the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy. John, <laughs> do you know about the uh, U.S. Merchant Marine Academy? I don't until just now. You have never heard about the Merchant Marine Academy? I may have, but I've probably locked that somewhere else that I, okay, I don't Okay, the Merchant Marine much. Academy is uh, in Kingsport, New York. It trains its midshipmen to serve as officers in uh, the United States Merchant Marine, which basically they work with Coast Guard and the Navy. It's look, in, <laughs> look into it. You'll figure it out. So come on, everybody. Um, Here's some of your homework. <laughs> so, uh, of course, uh, so the 
the Merchant Marines. I only know that because uh, one of our, uh, uh, when I was in sixth grade, one of our star athletes, Ben Sizer, instead of going to college, went to the Merchant Marine Academy okay. instead. Uh, and that's why I knew what the Merchant Marines were. And so that was a big thing in Turtle Lake. And actually, we, we have like three graduates of the Merchant Marine Academy because of that. I was not one of them. But uh, so the Merchant Marine Academy has a graduation rate of 84% and an acceptance rate of 25%. Oof. So so pretty tough standards, you know, as would come with this. Um, the Coast Guard Marine Academy has a 19% acceptance rate and an 84% graduation rate. So 84, 85 tends to be about the uh, norm for a lot of these military academies. Now, unlike the Merchant Marine Academy and a couple I'm about to say, the Coast Guard Academy, just like uh, West Point and Annapolis, doesn't have tuition because they're... Because they own you. (laughs) But unlike... uh, So the next one I'm going to bring up here is VMI, Virginia Military Institute, which is in Lexington, Virginia. Their acceptance rate is 64%, which is way up over most of the uh, military academies. They have a graduation rate of 78, which is still pretty high considering they have no one to speak of. It's it's VMI. It's it's where you go if you can't get into West Point. So (laughs) then I also looked into the Citadel, which is also one of the bigger academies. Um, Their most notable uh, alumni that we would know would be Travis Jervy, who played running back for the Packers for a couple of years in the 90s. they have an acceptance rate of 86%, John. Did you know that? No, I did not. 86% acceptance rate, 72% graduation rate, which uh, makes it pretty low for a senior military college, I would have to say, uh, as, as I speak, it, uh, as ne- having never been, in, never been an officer, but uh, a, a big cr- uh, critiquer of officers, a big critic, if yeah. you will. Uh, I don't know their alumni either. So, but And then, of course, let's get to the big two. Um, West Point, we'll start with West Point first, the uh, Army's uh, Military Academy. They're 11% acceptance rate. It's very hard to get into West Point and a graduation rate of 85%, which is spot on with the uh, Coast Guard Academy. And of course, you know, notable alumni of West Point would be, first of all, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, yeah. Robert E. Lee, Ulysses S. Grant, uh, and various others. And then they have about 4,500 undergraduate students every year. And then we'll uh, end end with Annapolis only because they have the lowest acceptance rate at 8%. And of course, the Marine Corps. Everybody's trying to get in there because it's easier. Well, and the Marine Marine Corps doesn't have an academy. Right. They do. They just go to the Naval Academy. They go to the Naval Academy. They don't have a a specific one because they're not a branch. Right. No, they, they're not. They're they're they're, they're core. They're they're the Navy's henchmen. We all know yes, that. Yes. Um, so they have an eight percent acceptance rate and a ninety one percent graduation rate. John, hmm. that's intense. And of course, notable alumni of the Roger Staubach. Roger Staubach. That is on. I'm, I'm just David Robinson. Yeah. So, yo, who's Ooh. the third one on Google oh, then? Because I got crap. I got four of them in front of me right now. Who's um, shoot. Uh, Jimmy Carter. You nailed it. No, that's yeah, it. That, that's it. So, well, can you tell me who the fourth person is that they have a notable alumni? Then, uh, probably not. <laughs> who is it? 
I uh, Elaine Luria. Okay. She's probably wildly successful. <laughs> yeah, she went to an academy. I'm sure she's doing great. Oh yeah, she's a Democrat running for re-election to represent Virginia's second congressional district. Oh, so okay, very cool. Oh, and she was uh, the rank of commander. So there you go. That's impressive. And, uh, maybe, and of course Nimitz, McCain, uh, Jim Lovell. You know, yeah, some of those. Guys. I just love that. I just love that Edgar Allan Poe yeah. is one of the West Point grads. Yeah. yeah, so Naval Academy is the hardest one to get into. It's got the highest graduation oh. rate. Uh, I, yeah, I be- really wish that I would have known about the Coast Guard Academy. It's a cute little campus right on the ocean. Yeah, um, I mean, seriously, though, getting into the Navy, is, I mean, that's a better gig because they go to, like, Portugal and Spain and Italy and Greece and Dubai, and mm-hmm. the guys who graduate from the, mil- the U.S. Military Academy, uh, they, they go to, to Baghdad and Kabul, and they're not as fun. Or Djibouti, you know, it's like these aren't cool. Djibouti, it's not a fun yeah, place. Yeah, no to navy. Be. Yeah, I mean, that's the navy. way to go. Get, you should do that. Get everybody. out there, see the world, man. And join the air that's force. What... They live in hotels. Yeah, it's amazing. They live in palaces. Join the army. You're going. They have down no the... tents. Thank you, everybody, for joining us again for another wonderful week of uh, Wisconsin sports and whimsy. As we just find things to talk about sometimes we did have a lot to get through this week thank you for uh, coming out with us again uh remember to follow this show at scotty johnny pod you can follow me at not so humble host and you can follow aaron at cheddar talk and remember whether you are on the town or on the go it is always on wisconsin this has been the scotty johnny podcast remember to find the boys on twitter at scotty johnny one or online at scotty thanks for listening and on wisconsin